all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out. Amen. Remain standing if you would. Go to Revelation chapter 2. Reason we say in all of our confessions are present tense is because if your confession is always future tense, you'll always be about to get somewhere. But you'll never actually obtain that which you're always talking about what you're getting ready to do. You met somebody that I was always talking about well, one day, one day, and, the, and, and the, you ever notice how that day never came? The day never came because their confession was always that it would come, not that it was. So when you line up your confession and make it present tense, you bring the future into now. You're not here. I feel something. Now, Revelation 2, verse 1. To the angel or messenger, or the way we would think of it, is pastor of the church of where? Ephesus. It's not first Baptist. It's not first this. It ain't first this. He said, to the pastor of the church of the city. Uh, you're going to get it. Verse 8. And to the angel, the pastor of the church in where? Smyrna. Verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos. Verse number 18. To the angel or the pastor of the church in Thyatira. Three and one. And to the angel or the pastor of the church in Sardis. Verse 14. And to the angel or the pastor of the church of the La uh, Laodiceans. Go to 20. Here's his message to all of them. Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. Now, what's interesting is Jesus says, I'm knocking on the door to my own church, and no one realizes I've left the church. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, say that's me. If anyone hears my voice and does what? Opens the door. I'm going to come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes. Say overcomes what? Overcomes what? Well, obviously there must be something at the door. 
1 Corinthians 69, don't turn now, I'll tell you what it says. 1 Corinthians 69 says, Paul says, an effectual or great door has been opened. However, there's many adversaries at the door. Which means sometimes when God's got something for you to do, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be adversaries there, but God needs to know, are you going to press past the adversaries? Are you going to press past the folk that's running their mouth and do what I told you to do? So he says... To him who overcomes. Well, obviously, by deductive logic, we ascertain that he's talking about who's at the door. I will grant to sit with me where? On my throne. I'm here to tell you, you're not chump change. You're not some loser. You're not some sinner that's made. No, God says, when I look at you, I see my son, and I am well pleased. Ephesians 2 says he has seated us in heavenly places. Far above all of this other stuff. He says, to him who overcomes what's outside the door, I'll grant to sit with me on my throne, Ephesians 2 and 7. And also, uh, as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Here it is, though. He who has an ear, which means everyone has ears, but some people still don't hear. He says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit. Is saying to the what? Churches. Father, we have that ear. And today we position ourselves to hear what you're saying to the church. God, we realize that what you have ordained for us to do is far greater than our ability to even comprehend. So, God, we're going to do our best today to quantify that which it is that is external and eternal that we sometimes can't put a grasp on. But we make a declaration today. That we shall move and walk in everything that you have ordained for our life. When we make what's important to you important to us, all these things shall be added. So today we don't need to be hyped up about getting something. We need to be hyped up about doing your thing. And when we get excited about doing your thing, you're going to send those things. And so I loose that spirit in this place today. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. High five, two or three people say, it's time to grow. It's time to grow. It's time to grow. You can be seated tonight, or this morning, rather. <coughs> hallelujah. Please understand, I need to start out just making this announcement. Uh, please understand, uh, God has not just called for us, and I need you to flow with me today, to pastor a church. Now, uh, as a bishop, whenever we speak, we're, we, we are to speak in plural because when we speak, we speak on behalf of Christ uh, and the church. And so, uh, but when I speak plural today, I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about us as a collective. Hear me. God has not called for us to just pastor a church. I'm going to say it again. God, there are 1,700 churches in Denver, believe it or not. I didn't. There's over 1,700 churches in the Denver metro area. Hear me. God is not interested just in another group of people to come together and sing some songs and shout and, and, and kill some chickens. He, he's not interested in repeating the same thing. That's why his message to the churches was, I'm standing on the door outside knocking, but is anyone listening for where I'm at? Because while y'all are in there having church, I'm out here with the people that y'all left out here. I'm out here with the people that the church sometimes has isolated and ostracized and criticized. God says, I'm out here with those people waiting on y'all to go get them. And you think I'm in there with y'all shouting. 
Yes, certainly he is, but he's trying to prove a point to us. He's trying to get us beyond the mindset of, well, as long as my four and no more are saved, then I'm good. So I'm saved, and my mama's saved, and this one's saved, I'm good. God says, but I need you to graduate to a mindset to where you see things the way I see them. Timothy says, it's not God's will that any man should perish, but that all should have uh, everlasting life, which means God says, it's not my will that anybody should have to not experience me. But then whose job is it to make that happen? Ours. I mean to tell you, it's not the bishop's job. I mean to tell you, it's not just the elder's job. I mean to tell you, it's not just the DME's job. I mean to tell you, that's your job right there in your seat. The scripture says, if anyone has the ear. The scripture says, if anyone, which means I'm here to tell you, there's the same amount of power that's up here is the same amount of power you got there in your seat. I'm going to tell you, there's power in the pew. I dare you to high five somebody say, there's power in the pew. Uh, now, now watch this. God has not called me just to pastor harvest. As a bishop, our oversight is to churches around the world. He has not just called me to oversee that. Please understand. God has called us not just to pastor this church. Say it. God has called us not just to pastor. Watch this. God has called us to pastor this region. Now, what I'm getting ready to say today is going to be very bold. It's going to be very Bible. It's going to be very Jesus. <clears throat> the thing I love about Jesus is that he wasn't timid. Uh, we, we have these images sometimes of him that he was walking around eating trees, uh, eating granola and hugging trees and all this kind of thing. Jesus was bold, and Jesus said, I didn't even come to bring peace. Y'all think I came to bring peace. Jesus said, I didn't come for peace. Jesus said, I came to start a war. I came to bring a sword. What is the sword? The word. He said, I came to divide that which you've been doing from that which you should have been doing. I've come to separate the, the wrong that you learned from the right that I ordained. Now, watch this. Uh, God has not just called us to pastor this church, but to pastor this region. Now, please understand, Harvest, let me tell you about yourselves. We are a very heavy people. Uh, Job 31.6, you don't have to turn there. Job 31.6, you can write it down, says that God does not count us, but he weighs us. Which means we could have 40,000 people come into church, church and God look at it and say it's not a success. And God say it's not a success because it does not do what it is that I've ordained for it to do. Because while there may be a lot of people coming, the people have no weight to them. Bishop, what do you mean weight? That, that, that whenever storms come, because the people haven't been taught anything except a crack at it gospel. Just praise your way through. Just, just trust the Lord. Just put your hand in his hand. I'm here to tell you that there's a lot more to it than that. And how's that working out for you? The Bible gives us the principles and the structure and the order of the kingdom. And when we follow the order of the kingdom, everything works according to God's plan, God's specific purpose for it existing. Amen. Say we're heavy people. Say it again. Say we're heavy people. God is using you right here from the Gadong International Center. <coughs> God is using you to change people and places and regions around the world. It's because of what you're doing here that we've partnered with great organizations and the work that they're doing in Haiti. That is more effective than the work the Red Cross is doing. It's documented. It's because of what you're doing here that we're building orphanages all over throughout India. It's because of what we're doing here that we're strengthening pastors around the country. And I wish somebody would get... 
excited about stuff that's bigger than you. Because, see, I'm going to tell you, there's a kingdom that's bigger than you. And there's some stuff going on in the earth that's bigger than you. And when you get your focus off of your stuff and get your focus on his stuff, your stuff all of a sudden doesn't become that big anymore. And what used to scare you doesn't scare you anymore. And what used to intimidate you doesn't intimidate you anymore. Because you got your focus off of yourself and got your focus on the kingdom. Seek ye. Now, now, watch this. Jesus' ministry didn't really take off until he was gone. And he empowered others on the day of Pentecost. Pente, the prefix meaning 550. 50 days after the feast of the Passover, which we call uh, Easter or Resurrection Sunday. Uh, his ministry really didn't begin to take off and explode until it approached four years of age. I'm just waiting on everybody to get on the big bus. <laughs> yes, he had crowds that would come here and there and different things that took place and all that. And yes, that happened. But it wasn't until his ministry began to approach the four-year mark that when the Holy Spirit came, 3,000 people joined the church in one day. I'm here to tell you, Harvest, I got a word for us today. That as we approach the four-year mark here in just a little bit, God says everything we've been doing up to this point was just about laying foundation. But look at somebody and say, it's time to grow. Tell them it's time to grow. It's, ta it's time to grow. His ministry began to take off after that point. Why? Because, uh, what's this? Because his leadership was one with him, and then the fellowship was one with the leadership. Which means then it's impossible for us to expect God to do anything great as long as it's an us and them mentality. There is not a us and them at harvest. There is just a we. Are you hearing what I say? Look at the neighbor and say, I'm part of the we. And now watch this. Supernatural growth in the ministry. And let me be clear. I do, let, me, let me tell you what I'm so over. What I'm so over is thinking that numbers for the sake of numbers. Because I'm here to tell you, I said this to the men earlier, I'm here to tell you that, please understand, you can have 10,000 folk coming and God look at it and say, this is a mess. 50,000 people go to a rock concert, that's the anointing? Ooh, the spirit was just moving, I tell you, and he threw that guitar down and then he started drinking blood and ooh, the spirit was there. No, 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 which means sometimes there's a difference between growth and swelling. A swell looks like growth. The only problem is what's behind it is something that's cancerous or something that's negative or something that's wrong. So we're not talking about just swelling for the sake of saying, ooh, Harvest got this. We're talking about the fact that as we grow, we can do more. And we can radically change our community. And we can radically change our city. And not just because we came together and shouted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? Supernatural growth in the ministry doesn't just happen. Uh, but when people are one with the pastor and the pastor's one with God, we create an atmosphere for supernatural. God did it growth. On the day of Pentecost, they were all with what? One accord. 
which, which means that the apostles were lined up with Jesus. But the people were lined up with the apostles. Now, the apostles weren't trying to receive the Holy Spirit. They had already received it. We find this from John chapter 20. So then what are you trying to say, Bishop? They were trying to get the people to experience what they had already seen. That's what leadership is. Leadership and being a visionary is about living in the future and going back to the present to bring people to what you saw. So today's message, this time for us to grow, is all about you seeing what I've already been, where I've already been. I didn't been there. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, now watch this. Say the kingdom. Say it again. Say the kingdom. Now I want you to go to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. Now we understand the kingdom is what? Heaven's attributes on earth. It is God's what? M-O, how he what? It is God's system. It's God's approach. It's God's way of doing things. That's the kingdom. Are you following me? The kingdom is not the church. The church is part of the kingdom. All right? You got to get, get Wednesday's tape. You got to get all my tapes on, or what do you call CDs. You got to get all of them about kingdom. Please understand, Jesus did not preach the gospel of the church. He did not, and I'm not anti-church because we, we need to, you can't have the kingdom without the church. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Can I tell you something? Jesus didn't even preach the cross. He preached the kingdom because the cross was a part of the kingdom. Amen. What happens in the body of Christ is people get stuck at the cross and never get behind it. And so we think just because somebody came down and prayed a prayer that that's all that it means. I'm going to tell you that Jesus says there's a lot more to the kingdom than just that. Are you following what I'm saying? But now you can't even see the kingdom unless you're what? Born again. Born from above. I ain't got time to work that. Watch this. Psalm 145, 13. Your kingdom is a what? Everlasting kingdom. And your what? Dominion endures when? Watch this. The, the problem the modern church has is they see the kingdom as something that's to come. Jesus came and directly contradicted that message. He said, behold, the kingdom is what? At hand. It's here. So the problem with the Jews of the day that Christ came was that they were expecting him to overthrow the Roman Empire, overthrow Caesar, and sit on the throne and say, now the Jews are going to run things. Jesus didn't do that. He taught them something better. He showed them the kingdom, Luke 17, 21, is in you, which means it's already here. And matter of fact, it's been here. You just couldn't recognize it. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch this. The scripture says your kingdom endures for how long? Throughout all generations, which means it's been existing since day one, and it will exist after day end. It'll exist before Alpha. It'll exist after Omega. It is Alpha and Omega because it is his rule. It is his reign. Now watch this. Uh, go to Revelation 1.6. His kingdom endures how long? So, so it's happening when? Right now. The kingdom's happening right now. It's not something we're looking for it to come. It has already come. It came through the man called Jesus the Christ, the Theanthropos. So much God you could not believe he was man, and so much man you could not believe that he was God. He established it, and he said, listen, I'm trying to get you all to see it because all the religious people of the day could see was religion. And religion is man's futile attempt to attempt to reach God. But kingdom and relationship and Christianity is God's very successful attempt to reach man. 
See, the great thing about serving Jesus is I ain't trying to reach him. He's trying to reach me. And they got the song wrong. Jesus on the main line, call him up, tell him what you want. They got it wrong. They, they, they got it wrong. Because he calls me up and asks me what I want. I will give you the desires of your heart. Seek ye first the kingdom and all the stuff. Uh, Revelation 1, 6. Ready? Let's read. Now watch this. God says, you are a king and a priest. That's you right now. You sitting up in here, and in the spirit, you got a crown on, and you got a purple robe on. Purple is the color of royalty. That's you. But Bishop, I just don't feel like it. Feel paper or whatever, you know. <laughs> feel the carpet, you know. Feel your hair or the lack thereof. <laughs> Talking about me, y'all. Look what it says, Revelation 1-6. He has what? Asked us? No. He got our opinion about it? No. He, just, he asked you whether or not you felt like it today because you had a bad day. He asked you whether or not you felt like it because the relationship you thought would always be there ain't there no more. No. He said, I have made you to be a king. Which means you don't have a choice in the matter. You can try to live like a pauper if you want to. But God says, I'm going to keep calling you up higher. Because there's something in you that's greater than you can even discern about yourself. What is it that the enemy knows about you that you haven't figured out about yourself? He says, he has made us. Didn't ask your opinion because he doesn't care. Now, obviously, kings, we understand there's no male or female in Christ. So kings, queens, ladies, holler at me, queens. <laughs> he has made us what? Kings and priests. Now, here's the significance of that. It's because in the time of the Tanakh, or what we would call Genesis through Malachi, is that one could be king, but he wasn't necessarily also priest. The first person to do that was Melchizedek, uh, we find in Genesis, which is a joint Hebrew word for king and priest, and he was actually a type of Christ before he came. You can read about it in Hebrews. But now watch this. There could be a king, but he wasn't necessarily also priest, which would mean the king would still need to go to the priest in order to get access to God. Or maybe you had access to God, but you had no access to anything in the earth realm. So you got one that deals with the realm of heaven, one that deals with the realm of earth, yet they were never able to collide in one person. I feel something. You had one that could deal with spiritual things, but one that could deal with earthly things, yet they were not able to coincide, coalesce, coexist as one new man. So God says, what I do in you is I give you access in one man to both realms. So now you ain't just got to be spiritual and not have anything to show in the earth. And then you don't just have to be fleshy and have nothing to show in the spirit. In you, say in me, in one man can exist two realms. That's you. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. And that's why all of the attacks and stuff that have come against you have attacked what? Your identity. Because if you don't realize who you are, it, won't, it will begin to affect what you do. When you don't know who you are, you'll start acting like something you're not. And that's why if the church would understand, if we'll get back to identity, we don't have to deal with sin, 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 sin. If I tell you who you are, it'll begin to change what you do. 
Because all sin is is an inappropriate response to a legitimate need based out of a lack of identity. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Preach, Bishop. Sin is just an illegitimate response to an inappropriate need based out of a lack of identity. Well, you don't know who you are. You don't know how to respond, so you do stuff you shouldn't do. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Now, he's made us to be what? I got to move. Kings and priests to his God and Father. Which, watch this. To his God and Father. Which means God, when he looks at you, he sees you as that already. I'm here to tell you, God doesn't look at you and see you as an ex this, an ex that, a this, that, or the other. Who shot John? Who called Willie? He don't see you as any of that. When he looks at you, he sees you as a king and as a priest. So that's why when you start praying and complaining to him, he doesn't answer. Because when you start giving him a CNN news report about how this is bad and how this is bad and how this is bad, and you say, God, well, why aren't you doing anything? He's saying, because when I look at you, I see you already being able to handle what you're handling. When I look at you, I see you already being able to deal with what's coming your way. So I'm confused as to why you're asking me to fix something I gave you the authority to fix. That's like a receptionist going to the CEO and saying, can you answer the phones for me? Your job is to answer the phone. What you talk, what you mean to answer the phone? I ain't your secretary. When God looks at you, he sees you seated with him in heavenly places. Shout out, I see myself like he sees me. That's how he sees you. Now, now go to Luke 22. Go to Luke 22. I got to move. Luke 22. I got to move. Luke 22, verse 29. And again, I encourage you, you got to get the tapes and CDs because we build line upon line, precept upon precept. However, uh, we preach the kingdom. That's what we preach. We preach the gospel of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom. We preach the gospel. What is the gospel? Get saved. Get saved from what? If you don't know you're lost, the idea of getting saved is kind of offensive. Get, get saved. Get saved from what? Get saved from the corrupt kingdom of the world, kingdom of darkness, and transfer your citizenship, we learned on Wednesday, transfer your citizenship to the kingdom of our God or the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of light. They're all synonymous in scripture. Are you following me? Now, where I tell you, go Luke 22, verse 29. Here we go. And I bestow upon you. Now watch this. I'm going to do it. Is that what it says? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a kingdom one day. In the sweet by and by, when you get over there and there's no more pain and no more tears, you're going to get it? No. And who's talking? How do we know? Very good. And I, who? God. Bestow upon who? Us. A what? Kingdom. Just as my father gave me one. God says you already possess it. You just don't know it. That's why we keep seeking external stuff to deal with stuff that has to be handled internally because we don't realize that we already have possession of. Oh, ladies, that's just like ladies. Sometimes you lose stuff in your in, in your, your 
your backpack, which you call your purse, but that thing is at least 50 pounds. And your keys, you got all your stuff in there. I told you about this. And Jesus says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. The problem is you can't never find your keys. And you're sitting at home walking around mad at everybody. You know what I did in my keys? Did I leave my keys on the table? Where did I put my keys? Somebody took my keys. Ain't that something you just try to live right and serve God and people take your keys? I don't believe this. But you had your keys the entire time. You just didn't know you did. And that's where the body of Christ is today. You got keys that access the kingdom you've been given. You just need to be enlightened to it so you can see it. That you may eat and drink where? At my table, the good table. I've talked to you about this before. Uh, in the country, when you grow up, there's two tables in every house. There's the adult table, and then there's the child's table. Uh, and in the country, when you have Sunday dinner, the adults eat at the adult table, and the kids sit at the kid table. The adults get real plates. The kids got paper plates. Still goes on today. I promise you, go visit any southern home right now. Adults got full glasses of sweet tea. The kids had to share. And then if they got real sophisticated and decided they were going to drink soda, then kids had to split one. It makes them treasure it. Jesus says, you're going to eat with me at my table, the good table, the big table. Doing what? And sit on the thrones, judging Israel. <laughs> God says, God says, the, the, well, let, me, let me just make that real practical for you. God says, the stuff that you've been letting judge you, I'm going to sit you with me and let you begin to judge it. Now, so who advances this kingdom? We do. How do we know we do? Because we're kings and priests. What do kings do? Advance their kingdom. Napoleon said, every leader is a dealer in hope. Which means God says, you're a king and a priest. Which means God says, what you got to go deal is hope. You're a hope dealer. Now, be careful now. now. Don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying now. Go home and say, well, Bishop told me. Mm -mm, you better listen to the tape again. Now, say man of, man of God. How do we advance this kingdom that we already possess? Great question. Go to Revelation eleven fifteen. Y'all moving with me? Because we got to move quick. Revelation eleven fifteen. Revelation eleven fifteen. If you knew, the Bible is God's will, last will and testament to us. If, if you knew what was in your will, uh, if you knew that you were the son of Donald Trump and he passed and you knew he left you something, you would show up to the reading of the will, church. You'd show up to the reading of the will expecting to find something new about what it is you have that you didn't understand you already had. That's why the enemy wants to keep you from studying to show yourself approved because you won't know what's in the wheel. So you'll be walking around lacking without when God says, I left you that when I. You just never gave yourself time to read the wheel. 
That's why it's hard when you try to study. I'm not talking to anybody. You're trying to study. You try to read the word. Then the phone rings. Then this happens. Then this happens. Then your greens boil over. And then your, then your pig feet do that. Uh, why? Because the enemy wants to keep you from reading the will so you have no clue what you have. And then you're walking around without. And you're just begging God. And he's saying, but I left you that already. Say the kingdom. Revelation eleven fifteen. I ministered about this a few weeks ago, uh, but I need to bring it back to our remembrance. Then the seventh angel sounded. Seven here just deals with the idea of completion. Now, in Revelation, there's a lot of allegory, a lot of euphemism, etc. So when we see seventh angel here, he's saying, then the seventh messenger. Now, angel in scripture is interchangeable in many places to also mean, like we looked at Revelation 2 and 3, pastor. So he says, then the seventh angel, or the complete fullness of me, sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying what? The kingdoms of this world are getting ready to become. One, one day in the future, if I hold my peace, If I go up the rough side of the mountain long enough. No. The kingdoms of this world, what? Have become. The kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, his anointing, his anointing, and his uh, anointing. His anointing, his anointed, his anointed ones. Now watch this. And he shall reign. How long? Now, say this. Say, Lord, all the kingdoms. Of the, of the earth are already yours. Are already yours. We, must possess them. we must possess them. There's not a thing that exists in the earth that he doesn't already, uh, it's not already part of his kingdom. The problem is the kings and priests aren't going to possess it and repossess. There's some stuff that has been illegally hijacked and they've been driving it down the street and it was yours. I guess that's sort of a double negative, illegally hijacked, because hijacking implies illegal, but. <laughs> it's been hijacked. The spiritual bin Laden has got the body of Christ thinking one day. And God says that day has always been because when tomorrow comes, whether you know it or not, it's going to be today. The kingdoms of this world, what? Have become. Now, here's what that means. God, now let me, follow me. Just like he did with the children of Israel with the promised land, Canaan. Low-lying land or down low is what it means. Just like that, here's what God did. God says, I sign over to you, Canaan. Now watch this. God says, I signed it on the DL. Now, Bishop, stay with me. What does that mean? Everybody isn't aware of the transaction that took place. Watch this. But I reveal to you my plan, my purpose, so that you can go and dis 
or repossess and possess what I've already given you. Bishop, what he mean was he signed it on the download. Because everybody doesn't know. Because if everybody knew, it changed how they lived. So obviously everybody doesn't know. He says, I signed the deal that gave you the land. Now for us, promised land, it's not land, it's what? Promised life. He says, I gave it to you with the children of Israel. So watch this with the kingdom. God says, I already signed the kingdoms over to you. When did I do that? When Christ said, it's finished. What was he saying? We just completed the deal. The deal is inked. What Adam gave up to Hasetan, Satan, the adversary, I've already repossessed it for you, and I've already given you the repossession order. But here's what you got to do. You got to make up your mind to go pick up the car. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to go get that which he's already given. I'm not trying to get him to do something. He's already done it. Let me give you, there's a show that comes on TV because I need you to get this point. I need you to drive it home. It's called The Repossessors. <coughs> Have you ever seen that? On one of them Discovery Channels or something. And what they do, and, and, and it's sad to watch. It's sad to watch, but it's apropos for what I'm teaching. They go, they'll get a repossession order from a bank, a car lot, et cetera. They'll get the order, which means that at that moment, that car be, be, belongs to the dealer, belongs to the bank. The problem is the repossessors have to go out locate the car, and then get the car from the people that are in illegal possession of the car. God has assigned for you and I as kings and priests to go in and get that which has been illegally held by the enemy, what's been illegally held, and say, listen, we got the repossession order called the gospel of the kingdom. But you're going to have to give it to us. And here's the problem. That give requires a fight. Some people on that show repossessors willingly give it up. And some people want to fight and say, Look, I just paid the bill. I paid the bill. I got the receipt. But where did you see that? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know I've been. And they'll fight with them. Watch this. God says the kingdoms of this world have what? Already become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. We are his Christ, his anointed ones. Christos, the word Christ, meaning anointed ones. Now watch this. Watch this. I've given this to you before, but I want to give it to you again. There are seven kingdoms for us to take over in our region. What are they? Arts and entertainment, business, education, family, government, media, and spirituality. Seven kingdoms. How interesting that when the seventh angel sounded, God says, in this seven, there is the completion or the totality of the kingdom. Which means if all we do is have church well, we don't have the fullness of the kingdom. If all we do is do business well, we don't have the totality of the kingdom. If all we do is do media well, we don't have the totality of the kingdom. If all we do is government well, we don't have the totality of the kingdom. But when all seven, when we possess them and pastor them and rule them, God says, now you have the totality of the kingdom. Seven, totality, completion. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? Now, here's the deal. 
You are already gifted in one of these areas. You are. Look at your neighbor and say, you're already gifted in one of these areas. You're already gifted in one of these areas. Which means where you're already gifted, God says, that's where I want you to advance my rule, my reign, and my dominion. The problem is, in, 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 the, uh, in the previous mindset of the church is we thought, well, well, a person can be gifted, but that gift is only good if it's, if it's here. Now, let me be clear. Your gifts, the scripture teaches, belong, 1 Corinthians teaches, belong to the house. Do you understand that? Your gifts belong to the kingdom. Your gifts belong to the house. But here's the deal. How are any of the people that Jesus is out there with knocking on the door, how are they going to find out about the kingdom if all we do is stay in here? How, how are they going to find out? How, how are they going to find out? How, how's the mayor going to get converted and get into the kingdom if we don't go to the state house and the courthouse and to the city? You're not hearing what I'm saying. I says, God's desire for you and I is that all of what we're gifted with, number one, it always blesses the house first. We find that in 1 Corinthians. It says that uh, you who don't take care of those in your own household, you're worse than an infidel. But then second, I got to say, if I'm gifted in arts and entertainment, how am I using that to expand the kingdom? Because if I'm using it just trying to get on American Idol or just get a contract with somebody and all that, I'm missing it. Because now what I'm doing is I'm making the gift I was given to further the kingdom about me. Which means I'm no longer seeking first the kingdom, which means I may get some things, but they won't be things from him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now watch this. I got to move. Um, there has been, in the last three or four months, several prophetic words that have been spoken to us, meaning me. But when it's spoken to me, it's spoken to that, uh, that have been from men and women of God that I, I had trust uh, their words. A lot of people, when they say they're a prophet, they say that so they can begin to manipulate. Uh, if you're a prophet, though, you, you'll begin to speak, and I'll know that you're one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, the words were this, and as I was gone this last week, and as I've been uh, traveling out these last few months, it says, uh, we'll be used as a connector of people, uh, a cross-pollinator of people from all backgrounds. That's the word to us. So somebody said, well, well you know, uh, what kind of folk go to church? Uh, harvest, all kind of folk. Rich folk and then richer folks and then richer, 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 riches folks. No, you ain't filthy now. You're just extra. You won't be filthy rich. You won't be extra. Now, again, let me be clear for those of you that maybe this is your first time hearing me. Uh, we are not preoccupied with materialism. We understand, though, that in the kingdom, God takes care of all of that. Scripture says the blessing of the Lord makes one, and he adds no sorrow to it. So you got a problem with people having things, you need to go take up your problem with God. But don't let the stuff have you. It says we will be a, a prophetic voice in the political arena, in our city, and in our region. And it's already happening, and I, I do some stuff I can't share with you just yet, but it's already happening. It, they said that we'd be a great and powerful influencer in Colorado, and that great favor would be upon us, and that we would be in a time of acceleration. I've been talking acceleration for months. Watch this. The next word was, 
you've been in a lot of change and transition. I said, you, you, <laughs> got to talk country for a minute. You ain't never lied. <laughs> you, you telling the truth there. That began in November. <coughs> this is what they said. Others, this is their words, and I'm telling you so that you can be in sync with me. Others have tried to impose their will on you. But the word was God will send people to replace those that tried to hurt you. This is their words. And it said God will do it so that he gets the glory out of all of it. Watch this. He said this next season, this is their words, and I'm going to shout about this next season. He said this next season is going to be easy. I'm telling you what they said. I believe it. See, I got enough sense to believe what I preach, 2 Chronicles 2020. If I just believe what they said. So if that's a word to me, then it's a word to us. They said this next season, when you talk about seasons, it just deals with times of transition. You're always transitioning from one thing to the next thing. So we use seasons to try to quantify that, which many times uh, is inexplainable. Or inexplicable, rather. Now, they said... This next season is going to be easy. And then this is where they got me. They said, and the holy frustration that you've had will be lifted. Now, let me be clear. I don't have a frustration. I'm not mad at nobody. <laughs> I'm, so y'all thinking, oh, this is mad at us. No, I'm mad at nobody. I'm not mad at church. I'm not mad at people. I'm mad at nothing. The frustration that I've had is because, and again, it goes back to what I'm, the aforementioned, is that I know where it is God desires for us to be. And then I know where we're at. And it's not that we're too far from those places, except that when you're like me, I don't like the idea that it takes 25 years to get from here to here. I don't believe it should have to take us that long before we walk into the Pepsi Center and say, here's the check. Set it up. Well, how do you want to finance it? We buying it cash. I just need people to agree with me. I believe God's raising up a people called Harvest that are ready to take this region that are sick of seeing homeless folk, that are sick of seeing folk uh, strung out and messed up. I believe there's a people rising up that are ready to take a region. He said the holy frustration you have is going to be lifted. And that frustration exists because I want to be do, able to do something. I want to be able to, and I've said this to him earlier, I want to be able to walk into a battered woman's shelter and say, all y'all have places to live. And all of y'all have cars that are out front. And all of y'all have a job. You're not hearing what I'm saying. That's the kingdom. Not giving them chicken dinners. And that's good, because chicken's good. I want to be able to walk on the 16th Street Mall and see all of those homeless teenagers because they came from homes that were broken and fathers that maybe didn't know what they were doing and mothers that maybe didn't know what they were doing and there was chaos and confusion and, and all that. I want to be able to look them in the eye and say, you're not homeless anymore. Why? Because there was a people called Harvest that said, we won't settle for that in our city any longer. There's a people called Harvest that said we're not going to settle for government aid and government support and Section 8, but we're going to radically transform. Is there anybody that's with me? 
is there anybody that's with the kingdom? I said, is there anybody that's with what God's trying to do through us? God doesn't just want another church. He wants a kingdom people. Watch this. Watch this. Go, go to Luke 5 real quick. I'm about through. Luke 5. Luke 5. Luke 5. There's no reason we got all this money in the kingdom and we still have homeless people. That's an insult to him. There's no reason, and I'm here to tell you, in the next six months, I'm going to be able to do it, and we're going to be able to do it. There's no reason. I can't walk through the congregation and say, how much is your debt? The kingdom paid that off. There's no reason I shouldn't be able to walk through the church right now. Oh, and I can, but I need your faith to rise. Oh, don't get confused. We can. There's no reason we shouldn't be able to walk through the congregation and say, who don't have a car? Good. Go outside. <laughs> There's no reason we shouldn't be able to say, who don't have a job? Good. And then the folks that don't have them come and the folks that's got them come. And by the end of this service, y'all work it out and everybody had jobs. That's the kingdom. Not praise your way through. Now, sometimes you need to do that, but I'm trying to get us all. Let me show you what I'm trying to do. Luke 5, uh, go to verse 37. And no one puts new wine into old wineskin. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to break the mindset that the church has had. When I say church, I'm talking about the body of Christ because these messages go around the world. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskin and be wasted. And the wineskin or the person will be ruined. But new wine's got to be put into a what? New wineskin, and then they'll both be preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. What is Jesus trying to say? Jesus is trying to say, I'm trying to teach y'all a whole new system of living called kingdom. He says, but the problem is, is we got to bust out of this old mindset because sometimes we think the old is better. You're not hearing what I'm saying. And that's why people will come to harvest. I got to say this. I don't know who this is for. That's why people will come. I got the mic. I might as well say it. I ain't scared of What? That's why people will come to harvest, hear the word, the word of witness with their spirit, and yet go back to some dead, dying religion and some crack addict gospel to go back so they can feel comfortable about their lack and about their complacency. Because You're not hearing what I'm saying. Why? Because the old feels better than the new thing God's trying to do. And it feels good to feel like you're supposed to be a victim. But the kingdom says you're not a victim. It feels easy to go back to somewhere you can preach the preacher's message for him. But God's trying to do something in your spirit and in your body that says there's got to be more than this. And I refuse to go back. I don't care that that's the church Mama Nim grew up in. Mama Nim won kingdom. Because if when I hear this word, it doesn't cut coming in and cut going out. I ain't had church. I had a seance. 
and I conjured up dead stuff. Say, man of God, what do you need from us? So here's what happens in the church sometimes. We talk, we talk, and all this. But I got to speak into you what I need from you. I can say, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this. But if you do it out of compulsion, or if you do it out of emotional wrangling, you get no credit for it in heaven. God gives you no credit for it. That's why it says when you do your charitable deeds, don't do them in the sight of men. So you're going to have the praises of men. He said when you do it, just do it. Don't worry about who knows you did it. Just do it. Nobody has to know that I did this, I did this, I bought this, I bought What's this? Why? Somebody say why. Because here's what we got to do. If you do it out of any other reason except the conviction of the Holy Spirit, it's false. You ever met somebody that changed for a month? And they changed because you gave them an ultimatum, but they were never convicted by the Holy Spirit. So they could change just, I'm not talking to anybody, they could change just long enough until they got sick of playing. And then all of a sudden they turned the stage lights off and closed the curtains and said, I'm sick of this show. See, if we don't make the change and jump into new wineskins so we can get the new wine called kingdom, if we don't make that change, then what we got going is what we got going is something that won't last. That's why you've seen a lot of folk come up, and then as quick as they come up, they come right back down. Because it wasn't by the power, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. So say, man of God. What do you need from us? Number one, I need your renewed commitment. And, and I believe this, over 50% of our church serves, but we need that to be 100% because that's what we say every week. I said that's what we say every week. A renewed commitment to serve faithfully with excellence. There's some of you here that you've been coming, you've been visiting. Let me just help you out. You knew the first time you heard my voice that I was your pastor. And you can play all these little church games and I'm praying and seeking God. You already know. Just make a decision that the old ain't better. What did your word tell you? The old isn't better. God says, I'm trying to do something brand new for you. And let me tell you something. For your life to go to the place it's got to go, you got to change what you're hearing. If you're still hearing good, good old religion, people say, I've been in this way for 40 years. That's the problem. You've been in the way all this time. I just like to preach it. He don't, he, don't, he don't moan and groan at me. I just wonder, okay, I come to seventh. I'll do it just for you. I will hoop just for you. Okay? Why? Because you did all of that, and you get all excited, and then you leave. What was church about? Child. It was good. Why? Because you, 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 you had a crack addict seance. What you had. And then the light turned on the light to one another. We got weapons of warfare and you a flashlight cop. I need a renewed commitment. If you know this is where you're supposed to be, you go out to membership services, you join. A new session of KOU starts this Sunday. This, not, obviously not today. 
Next, some of you will be like, well, I'm sorry. Next Sunday, 9 a.m. in the student ministry center. What's KLU? You need to learn the kingdom life and the basics of these principles. Are you getting what I'm saying? Second thing, I need a renewed commitment to invest in the vision, which is bigger than you. It's your dollars that are changing lives around the world. We just this last week expanded our fellowship of churches, which is international, just expanded to Uganda this week. We're in Paris, France. We're in Kenya. We're, we're, we're in South Africa. We're in Ohio. We're in California. We're in Texas. Where else? Georgia. Kentucky. Connecticut. Come on, somebody. A lot of places. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Proverbs 29, 18. You don't have to, I don't have time to go in there. It says, without vision, people, boy, cast off restraint. They perish. They die because they can't see anything bigger than them. I need you to see bigger than you. What we're doing here is affecting generations. And I need you to see it that way. I need you to not just say, I'm coming to church to get a blessing, child. No, you've graduated beyond that. You're coming because you are the blessing. And I'm coming to be one. Not to get one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Next thing, renewed commitment with God, with one another. Now, I believe, I believe this with all my heart. I believe we're the most lovingest church. I know lovingest is not a word. Just we're going we're to come up with our own harvest dictionary. That way, when people hear me, they'll be know what I'm talking about. And renewed commitment uh, to your pastor. Sometimes through our Christian walk, we can get caught up in the hustle and bustle of what's going on in our life and all this kind of thing. We get caught up in all that, and then we can miss what it is that God's trying to do. You follow? And you get caught up in all of that, and you get caught up in all this kind of thing that you, that you forget that you're here for something bigger than going, going, going to eat and something bigger than going to a uh, volleyball team and something bigger than going to uh, uh, all that. You're here for something bigger called kingdom. And nothing against, oh, Jesus, nothing against volleyball team if you've been going to the volleyball team. Well, send me no emails. I'm just using random stuff, okay? Well, who's Bishop talking about? Who played about? Do you like volleyball? I ain't talking about nobody. The next thing, a renewed commitment to each one reach one. A renewed commitment. Now, Bible college, it's mandated for them. They ain't graduating unless they do it. <laughs> so I kind of got that. But, but you got to be active. Matter of fact, we ran out of them, so we got a brand new batch of, of new invite things coming in this week uh, that, that are coming in because we totally ran out, of them, uh, ran out of them just within a day or so or what have you. But, but in all of that, uh, a renewed commitment to that. You don't have to have something in your hand to invite them. Send them to the website. Give them the phone number. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's all online. This message, by the time you get home, it's going to be archived online. And you can send them and say, child, you need this. And they can go watch it. When you purchase CDs, stop buying just one. And I found out that our prices are very good, considering the market. I found out market price around here is $10. That's what I found out. So, you know, when you, when you see it look creeping, don't start stepping, you see. Just. Why? You got to invest in your spirit. 
You got to invest in your spirit. You will invest in your hair, in your nails. You'll do car maintenance. You'll do home maintenance. You'll winterize your pipes. You'll do all that. But you got to invest in your spirit. And if you're not willing to spend $3 on your spirit, then you, you got problems that we need to come. We need to line, up, line you up and grease you. We will put the baptism full of anointing oil and grease you. Take it. Receive it. Receive it. Now watch this. Here's what we're going to be doing <coughs> on a going forward basis. As I encourage you, and the information will be in this uh, Wednesday's announcements about times, but every Saturday from now until Easter and even after that, Teams are going to be going out into our community. But I'm tired. Okay, all right. And see, and see, because you ain't seeking kingdom. That's why you're tired. They that wait on the Lord shall. Well, where does the word wait mean? Serve the Lord. Not just sitting back looking at him. They that serve the Lord shall renew their strength. You start serving him, you'll find strength like you've never had before. So every Saturday, the information is going to be in your Wednesday announcements. Your Wednesday announcements, they'll post it online as well. Uh, for the time we're going to be going out and our T-shirts and all that. And if you can't do it on a Saturday, then you go out, you get a couple folk from the church. Y'all go out on Friday. Y'all go out on Sunday night. There's some people going out tonight, whatever. Listen, 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 listen. People need to know we're here. People need to know we're here. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now watch this. I got to finish. The Unchurched Next Door is a book by Thomas Rayner. He worked with Billy Graham. 82% of unchurched people are likely to come if they've ever been invited. Which means, uh, I'm not talking about going out and winning souls. I ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about inviting people to church. That's all you got to do. Invite people to church. Well, you know, I didn't know. Just invite. You, you understand? Now, when you got your pyramid plan business, you'll tell everybody about that. I'm just telling the truth. And nothing against it. I'm just but you'll tell everybody about that. You start selling you some prepaid legal, everybody in the world gonna know you's a prepaid legalist. I'm being facetious. So why don't people know you're a kingdomist? You're a harvester. Shout out, it's time for us to grow. I didn't say speak it. I said shout it. Shout out. It's time for us to grow. Shout it again. Shout it again. Shout it like you mean it. Hallelujah. It's boring. It takes too long. It's not relevant to my everyday life. I don't even get anything out of it. Oh, you know, you don't have to go to church to know God, do you? There are so many hypocrites. There's nothing for my children. <sighs> I was hurt in my last church. It seems like all churches are the same. Stop. All churches aren't the same. And we want you to come see why. Harvest Christian Center is a real, relevant, multicultural, multi-generational, spirit-filled church that's perfect for people that aren't. And we're in your city. At every worship service, you'll enjoy uplifting praise and worship powerful and relevant teaching and preaching from our senior pastor, Bishop Foreman, passionate prayer, and so much more with ministries for singles, men, women, kids, and students. There's something for your whole family at Harvest. Join us for a variety of weekly services and start experiencing God like never before while being equipped to love God, love people, and love life. 
Maybe you're just coming into Christianity, or maybe you're already a Christian that's looking to grow spiritually. Harvest is the place for you. Visit our website at harvestcc.me or call us toll free at 1-877-552-4746. Don't wait. You're not watching this by accident. Visit harvestcc.me or call us toll free at 1-877-55-BISHOP. All churches aren't the same. Join us at Harvest Christian Center to come see why. Can't attend in person? You can enjoy Harvest Live and on demand 24-7 on our worldwide internet campus today. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.